When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hamel and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well, here we are, folks, week two, with the game coming quick and fast. What an opening uh, weekend of the Premier League it was. There was shock results, there was lots of goals, there was great football, um, and the most important thing was a comfortable victory for Liverpool. So what we're going to do in the first part of the podcast is we're going to review Norwich, um, chat a little bit about the Fantasy Football League, um, then in the second part of the pod. We're going to preview Burnley. Um, same format as always. Um, so keeping that format, Danny, how was your week? Um, and how are you? I'm doing good, thanks, man. Nice to have the football back. Like I always enjoy. You miss the Premier League, don't you? And uh, I, you kind of forgot with the Euros and all. You kind of forget how quick it comes round. So it got to what was it Friday? Friday night, wasn't it? Um, first game, Brentford Arsenal, and I was quickly trying to. Sort out my my now TV stuff to be able to get watching the game and all that and uh, get it all ready because I totally forgot about it. So it's nice to have it back. And I think just outside before we get into the Liverpool part, just for everyone that watches, did you ever get a chance to watch those things on Amazon? Do you know where it went through about the season in Man City and the season in Spurs? Did you ever get watched them? Mostly, what they call, what they called. Um, get what they called, but yeah, no, I've seen them. Um, on Amazon, yeah. I've seen the Spurs one. That was interesting. I've seen most of the Man City one. And is there, is there one for Sunderland or something like that as well, isn't it? I think there is. A, well, yeah, one for... A, I think Leeds done one as well a couple of seasons ago when they were in yeah. the Championship. Well, obviously, we start as we mean to go on. But this season, they are recording one about Arsenal. So that is going to be hilarious to watch. Um, especially if they carry on in the way that they are at the moment. So... Yeah, it was a good game to watch. Good to get the Premier League fixtures going, and obviously good to kick us off with a, a very convincing win against Norwich. Like, so uh, I was happy. I had a good weekend, and then just busy with different things this week. What about yourself? Oh, yeah, the same. Um, work, work, work. But they've got quite a lot of football, which is good. Um, speaking of Amazon Prime documentaries and stuff, um, there's one about say Bobby Robson on Amazon Prime. I would definitely worth a watch. And uh, Fergie, Alex Ferguson. There's one about their upbringing and stuff. Um, they call just for um, people listening, look, shouting at us now because we don't know what they are. They call the all on Athens, aren't they? The yeah. Also on Amazon. But uh, yeah, no, I've seen them great on it. The Arsenal one will be a good watch. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story before we go into the um, into the talking about the Norwich game. I, I, I work in retail and I had a, a gentleman come into me and I was saving him and we were chatting away. And at the end, I just said, uh, he, he broke his ankle playing football and we can all relate to having an injury playing you know, Astro and how good, how good it was and I went just out of curiosity who did you support and uh, he turned around and he said Arsenal and we just looked at each other for a couple of seconds and he just went I know I know and we had a look in each other's eyes and we didn't need to say no more and uh, <laughs> I felt bad it must be an Arsenal fan now that like he knows when he says it 
you know, as I said, there was years gone by where Arsenal had Henri and Bergkamp and Perez and Gilberto Silva midfield. And, yeah, and so what, any Arsenal fans listening, I'm sorry, but there you go. But yeah, mate, it's great to have a football back. Um, and yeah, I mean, there was some highlight games all, all, over the weekend. You know, Everton coming back to win was a, a big one. Spurs beating mm-hmm. City. Um, but you don't really look too much into the first games of the season. You just don't. It's, it's all, you know, players coming back, stuff like that. But we're Liverpool fans and we're optimistic. And uh, this is what, what our job is right now, is to look into that game. So here's what we're going to do. Norwich 3-0. Um, Danny, what did you think of the game? I think, in my head, you could sit here all day chatting about it, but you could just describe it in one word, and my word would be comfortable. What do you think? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, comfortable, convincing. Uh, I, th- I thought we looked we looked solid. Uh, and I think it was nice to see every season, it's always the same thing. You don't have to listen long to a Liverpool game before you hear the commentators starting to say about uh, Salad and Mane and how they don't have a good relationship together and all. And I think that very much was probably put to bed in that in that game. Um, because I think every season there is that level at which is there a line between being competitive and wanting to get goals and them actually just not liking each other. But you could see in that game the way that they played together, the way that they passed the ball around, the amount of times Mane tried to set Salad up once because um, he knew Salah wanted that goal to be able to get that record. And and Mane, I felt like Mane's job in that game was to try and get Salah a goal. And the way that they celebrated when he scored, uh, and the way they celebrated when Firmino scored as well, and the way they linked together, it was you felt like there was there was two or three more gears that Liverpool could have gone into had they needed it. Um, but yeah, as you said, I think it was convincing. Yeah, for people... Um, who are the greatest Liverpool fans and don't know that Salah scored in five um, opening day games of the season in a row. Um, at five seasons, Mohamed Salah has been in a Liverpool shift um, for Liverpool Football Club and scored in every opening game. And you know what? That goal he scored was just... It's, he got man of the match. He got a couple of assists. I know one of them was a bit um, jammy, should we say. Um, but that, that goal he scored, did that just... That just sums Salah up, really, doesn't it? You know, what, what, what can you say about Salah scoring that goal apart from it? Really like the most Salah goal. Exactly. It was just typical. There's so much whip on it. Like, for being such a short distance, edge of the 18-yard box, the whip that he got on that to be able to just curl it round into that top half of the goal. Like, it was just, yeah, as you said, it's it's weird for the way... Because normally, I think if those types of goals go in, in, like, Champions League games or even Premier League games, you're like, oh, that was a great goal. But, like, we're watching it, just going... Yeah, that's that's a typical Salah goal. In fact, he scored better than that. You think of Chelsea a couple of seasons ago when he buried it across into the top bin. And it's like, yeah, that's just what he does. And I think he, he's, he's the type of player, there's all these comparisons at the minute. He scored the same amount of goals as Ronaldo scored in the Premier League over a far shorter period of time. Um, and there'll be all these comparisons that'll be going on. But I think people won't recognise how good, I suppose, like with Alan Shearer, Ian Wright, uh, Dennis Berg, Campbell, these types of players. I think people won't realise how good he was until he's finished at the end. Yeah, that's so, so true, unfortunately. Um, I have to say, I've been in many, many situations over the years. Me and Danny have known each other a long, long time with Medinus Pod, where Danny is taking up that position on the edge of the area with the left foot, has <laughs> a belly in the top bin, and it hasn't went there. <laughs> so, as you say, Salah made it look easy. It's true. And, uh, it just made me, I, I remember playing football with you last year, maybe year before, Danny, and um, I think you scored like three, didn't you? In like one game and they were all very similar. 
And uh, everyone was shocked. I, I, do you remember the game I'm talking about? Everyone was like, what's going on, Danny? You scored all these goals? I was shocked myself. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was having off with the game. He was just shouting, maybe I should just stay up front. I'm the only one scoring frigging goals. But anyway, <laughs> but we did get my friend Danny there. But anyway, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> other positives to take from the game. Van Dyke got 90 minutes. Um, Jota got a goal. Firmino came off the bench and got a goal. Um, if we keep Jota fit, Danny, which is a big thing in the front three fifth. He is going to be in and out and he's going to be a bit of rotation this season, isn't he? I think there needs to be. I think you see the amount of games that we physically have to play every season. And yes, people can say, look at City and the way that they rotate and the squad that Chelsea's got. And that's been kind of the talk all weekend. Can Liverpool challenge for the title with not having the depth of squads that, that Chelsea and United and City have all got? Um but I don't think you necessarily need depth of squad. It's good to have for the for the physical amount of games that you can play. Um, but I think with the type of team that we've got, consistency is key. And I think having a couple of little battles across the area will help to keep everyone fit and help to keep everyone fresh. And Jota will be a, a massive part of that. I think once Curtis Jones comes back, he'll be the same. Henderson, uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain even, just being able to give that little bit of respite for Firmino and even Salah. Uh, in some of the games. I think you just need those little bits of competition. I think that's why Canate was brought in as well. Um, but I think I think it's it is gonna be key. I think Jota is a is a goal scorer. And I think unlike the other positions where people know they're gonna rotate and they're gonna get game time, I think Jota will be pushing that he wants to be starting every week. So it'll be a, it'd be an interesting battle there with him and Firmino. Yeah no it will be hundred percent as I say I think competition plays is a healthy thing and this is where you've got them four, and you've got maybe Rigi who's been rumoured to go away, but if someone did get injured, although we give Rigi a bit of criticism, he's not the absolute worst player to throw in if a couple of players get injured, so we have got a little bit of strength and depth, not maybe as much as City, but should we don't have the money that City have, and you made a good point about Henderson coming back in, Jones coming back in, okay, we've lost Genie, but we're gaining Canarty centre-back and having Van Dijk fit and Matic fit, Gomez back around the corner. Um, you know, we have got that hopefully enough strength and depth to, to, to deal with these situations. Um, have to ask Danny as well. Um, so this is a bit of a... I spoke to a few people about this. It's a little bit controversial. And I, I don't mean to pick on you, but I do at the same time. Um, to Miskas. So I'm speaking to... Here's Danny, the Defenders Union, the left-back union. <laughs> um, in spells, he looked good and comfortable. Mm. Um, and notably a couple of crosses that he put in towards the beginning of the game. Um there was a couple of moments, wasn't it, where you just like heart and heart and hand stuff, you know. Um, what do you think of his performance? Bit? He only had six minutes of Premier League football before this game. Um, I would you would argue that maybe Burnley's a step up next week. So, how did you think he'd done, and how do you see him doing um, in the next couple of weeks, filling up a rubble? Yeah, I think uh, it's it's hard, isn't it? I think he's a He's a step up from Alberto Moreno when we had him, but he's he's obviously not as good as Robbo. Um, I thought I thought Tomiscus, I thought all in all, for, as you said, for him only having six minutes of Premier League football, he's back in full crowds next week at Anfield. It's going to be interesting, um, full stadium and the fans behind. How do you handle that type of pressure as a player? Um, but I thought his, his deliveries were good. I thought his crossing ability was good, his corners were good. As you said, I just thought now and again, he got a little bit caught out at the back. Um, but, as you said, it's his first game. First game, sort of properly playing, 90 minutes under his belt. And he's not coming in thinking, oh, I'm just here to like 
do a bit of a job and give Andy Robo a rest. He's potentially going to be playing seven, eight games here at the start of the season. So he, he knows he needs to be he needs to be on form and he needs to be ready. Um, and I think all in all, he's done a good job. I like I liked him. I, I, I'd rely on him. He's he's never going to beat Robo to his place. But I think in terms of his delivery and delivering contribution, like I thought, I thought he had a solid enough game. Yeah, I mean, in moments I just thought he looked a bit vulnerable. I, I remember the, there was a, day, a part of the game where he made a bit of a, a mess up, quite obvious error, where he kind of stumbled on the ball a wee bit. Mm. And then Milner come in. I was like, come on, come on, you know, give him that encouragement. Slapped that him in the face, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Let, 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 let's just have a word for James Milner. I mean, 35, you've seen the stats. Now, I'm not one too much for stats because um, they can be misleading sometimes, but. Was, it, was, it, was he up there and won the most again in the Premier League this weekend? You know, yep. James Miller, the weirdo for him, he's just he's just missed a professional. What can we say in the next two and three months about James Miller that's not already been said? But how can you give give off your appreciation for a guy like James Miller? He's just brilliant, isn't he? He's, he's solid and he's reliable and that's what you want. And to, to be... The age that he's at is is what you would expect to be a bit par player at that point. We remember sort of Gareth Barry when he was at that stage of his career at Everton and stuff like that. And you expect him to sit and to play well and to do the simple stuff well. But but he covered like twelve kilometers of field during that game more than any other player on the pitch. Like and I think he was one of, if not the most covered player in the entire in that weekend of football. Um, so he's got, he's got some energy levels in his tank, and it's the type of player you want. You know that he can do the simple stuff really, really well. He motivates the team well, and you know he's got it in him. You're not thinking to yourself, "Oh, we're bringing him on because we like him, and he's a good player, and he can pass a ball." Well, you know that you're still getting 100 percent out of Milner. Um, so yeah, he's he's quality like, and yeah, he's going to make the odd mistakes. He's lost a couple of yards of pace, but but who isn't? You know what I mean? Like. You, you've seen you've seen so many mistakes. You look at and it's not to pick on them, but you look at, at Everton. Obviously, they won there three one at the weekend. But that Michael Keane mistake for the Southampton goal, like mm-hmm. shockingly, like, just held onto the ball. And like you're gonna get that, especially at the start of the season. Um, but one of the things is that over the course of a season, you don't get many of them out of Milner, and that's what you love about him. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So to sum up, Danny, um, comfortable victory. We can't look too much into it because it was expected, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Van Dijk got 90 minutes. Henderson to come back. Jones is to come back. Um, three of the three of the top three of the front four got goals. Um, just to get Manny off the off the um, off off the score, and then that's everyone kind of got the first goal. And so to sum up, you know, Allison didn't have a lot to do, but he had a couple of saves to make, which is. Solid. Um, One amazing save towards the end of that game, like from about yeah. four yards out to be able to save it yeah. and then bat it away. It was like you could tell he wanted that clean sheet. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's just what you you know he's, he's the top of his game. He's just after um, being in the squad that won the Copa America with Brazil, isn't he? So he's um, he, oh no, sorry, no, he got to the final. Sorry, yeah, he run it He got to the final, um, but yeah, he's just a proven winner, and I think Allison's always gonna compete and he got that long deal didn't he which is good uh, in the summer so you know when you don't talk about the goalkeepers and the defenders it's almost a good thing sometimes isn't it yeah because um, you know when some, there were some games last season where we were talking about defending a lot and you know you really want to talk about attack on football um, and putting my kind of strikers half on there but um, just before we go to the second part of the podcast um, just a shout out to um, Speed on Mick who's now finished his tour of Ireland 
Mm. Um, and I think he's moving on to England now. So um, he's he's done his tour of Ireland. We had him on um, earlier on. So good luck to him and the rest of his journey. And um, we will post links of how he can donate um, in the next couple of weeks on our social media page. So shout out to him. And um, I do believe um, this is a personal friend of yours, Danny. Uh, top of our fantasy Premier League. And Michael Dunbar with 105 points there. Um, winning the fantasy in the first week. So uh, shout out to him. And um, how do you know him, Danny? So give him a good shout out there. Yeah, me and Danny always play football together. I was actually in England a couple of weeks ago. I was in Liverpool and uh, went round to see him and all. And I know he listens to the podcast. Um, played football together for ages. I was quite baffled by the fact that he's managed to get top of the league. And most of the boys below have used like triple captain and stuff like that. But he's managed to do it without it. So I don't know whether he's just got jammy or what. Um, but yeah, doing well at the minute. Let's see how it goes into the next week. But well, well done. It's 105 yeah. points. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a fair play to you, Michael. So uh, you could be in for the wee gift at the end of the season. Um, you have a good shout, anyway. And uh, Danny's team, Danny Mokiev, is that right? Danny Mokiev, yeah. Danny Mokiev. Um, it's Pip and myself. Dan, Danny's in 19th place with 68 points. Um, and I'm in 2nd place with 66. Uh, sorry, 20th place just below Danny with 66 points. So um, we're just saying up there that we're actually going to try and follow the fancy football this season and, and take it seriously because um, you know they could be with forfeit for the person that finishes below um, <laughs> between myself and Danny so Danny's got ahead but Danny's got to put ahead in the first week tightly um, but we'll see what happens next week and we'll, we'll certainly come back to that um, but in the second part of the podcast guys we're going to discuss Burnley um, the early kickoff this Saturday um, and the potential special for them so in the meantime thank you for listening to Amo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Right, everybody, welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now, this Saturday, half past 12, Liverpool are going to be playing their second league game, first home game against Burnley. Now, as we said, can't look too much into it. Liverpool sitting third on the table at the minute, Burnley sitting 12th. Um, just above Man City, you know, if that's anything to go by. But um, but it's going to be an interesting game. I think you said in the first half of the pod, didn't you, that it's going to be a bit of a step up from Norwich. Norwich are a good team, don't get me wrong, but I think um, they've got a little bit of, of graft that they need to put in if they're going to have a chance of staying in the league this season. Uh, Burnley, obviously, quite established at this point. Um, good team, solid team. Plays all the old-school English football, big, strong strikers and... Uh, a solid sort of back five almost. Um, how do you see Liverpool getting on? Flew out of the blocks there last weekend. Do, can you see that continuing against Burnley? I hope so. I hope so. But I mean, if you look at Burnley, um, got a bit of a bowling team recently. They beat us last year, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, on field. Um, and uh, as you said, you just hit the nail and had the well established. You know, there's no way. There's no loose cannons or people that don't know what they're after. They're going to be well-drilled, organised. Um, they were beat there, I think, 2-1 by Brighton. But I was watching the highlights and they had some chances. So Chris Wood up front. Um, you got Todd Costi, whoever you say his name, at centre-back. He's, he's a solid, solid centre-back. Um, Nick um, Pope and goal, I think, had the game of his life, didn't he, last year? Yeah. Um, so they, they are like the, they're a good, solid team that are going to make it difficult in every single way. Um but when you've got 54, 55,000 Liverpool fans roaring, you're on. Um, 
I think we should win the game comfortably. I'm going to go for 2-0, I think. Um, fancy maybe Manny to get his first goal as well. Um, and may, may, maybe, let's say, maybe goal for Oxley chamberlain as well. Um, I think he's Oxley chamberlain that type of player. That you need someone that's going to get the ball and do something different. And what's, what's the thing about Oxley chamberlain is he passes the ball a lot, people expect him to pass him, but if he needs to drive forward and go past a few boys, he can. So I think it's a perfect game for Oxley chamberlain to prove his worth for Liverpool um, at home. He's very much a home player, Oxley chamberlain if you know what I mean when I say that type of thing. So he's, he's, a, he's a, like a forward midfield player, that, a midfield player that, you know, okay, play well against Norwich, but against Norwich, you can, you can afford to have attacking players in your team. Burnley, you know, so many people sitting back, you need someone that's going to be able to unlock, unlock the um, defence and maybe maybe just have a strike from distance. Um, I think Oxley Chamberlain will have a big part to say in this game. So I'm going to go for 2-0. Um, it'll be tough, it'll be tight. Um, I can already hear uh, Liverpool just quality all around the pitch, you know, for the way he talks. That's what Sean Dice is like, but um, yeah, comfortable victory. Um, but take not for granted in the Premier League. Um, and yeah, it'll be a big test for the likes of Van Dijk and maybe Matty Porter play centre-back because um, that Chris Woodboy up front, he doesn't take no prisoners, does he? And Ashley Barnes as well. They're, uh, they're just good, solid English players that have been there, seen, you know, done it. Wore the t-shirt and uh, they'll just be a nuisance, like a Van Dyke and Matty for the back. Like, so we can't take nothing, nothing for granted. But um, if we perform to our abilities, it should be a comfortable victory. What do you think, Danny? Yeah, I think it'd be similar to you. Ashley Barnes, Chris Woods, they're like old school English strikers. You've got obviously Rodriguez as well. They've got um, playing up front as well, and he's been starting. And we all know what he can do. Before he was before his big injury, he was he was banging in goals for fun. Um, yeah, Nick Pope. Like I like Nick Pope as a keeper. He's a very, very good goalie. Um, and as you said, he had the game of his life last season. We managed to beat them towards the the back end of the season. Beat them three 0 in the last game there. Um, but yeah, I think it is going to be a hard, a hard test for us. As I said, they sort of play that that four four two, but they almost sit as a five. They've got you got your one player, uh, normally Ashley Westwood, sort of sitting just right in with the back four. Um, the hard to break down, it's going to be your sort of classic. I think it's just, we're going to see, I think for most of the game, until Liverpool get a goal, all you're going to see is those two bags of four with that classic just team saying, come at us, see what you can do. And they're going to set up just two bags of four and just sit there on the edge of their own box. Uh, I think I feel sorry for whoever's going to be in like the the cop in the first half, the Anfield Road, then the second half, because you're not going to see anything, because it's all just going to be played in the final third of the pitch with the occasional hoof up, hoping that that Chris Wood can can knock it on and Rodriguez can get a bit of a run out. Um, so I'm going to say, which is going to sound a bit stupid, I think we're either going to comfortably win it three nil again, or we're going to lose it one nil. And it's going to be one of those that are going to get a jammy goal in like the 80th minute and then just like sit back and they're just going to soak it up and soak it up. And Liverpool will either completely run away with it because if we get the first goal, that's it. Like they have to come out and play. So it gives us a chance to be able to exploit them then a little bit more. Or if they manage to score first, it wouldn't surprise me if we end up losing a game like this. Yeah, I know. It is, as I say, every game is a tricky game in the Premier League. And we sit here and we say, don't we, all Liverpool this? We've got our we've got our Liverpool hats on, you know. We're biased, of course we are, but you know we're Liverpool fans, and it's the whole reason we've got this podcast, I suppose. But 
you're right. You know, there's only so many things you can say about games like this. You know what I mean? You, you look in the years gone by, Bolton, for a team like Burnley. Um, same type of game every week, you know what I mean? And, uh, it is, it's going to go like, you're right, Danny, we're going to win it comfortably. I know, or it's going to be frustrating and frustrating as the time goes on, time goes on, time goes on. But this is where the, I mentioned before in the first part of the pod. Whoever plays up front, if you're Burnley, are you going to want, go, going to, want to see um, Jota, Firmino, um, or Mane, or even Salah potentially come off the bench? You're not going to want to see that, are you? Yeah. So that's where, you know, Adam Field with the fans. First time we've had a packed house. Now I know a couple of friendlies there we had a few weeks ago. There were 40,000 fans, and you know, there was fans in Zips and Zabs last season, but this is going to be a packed house on field. Um, first time in nearly two years, so I'm hoping that the fans make the difference. Um, early kick-off, I know, but uh, Liverpool fans always make the difference, so I hope they will make the difference. I think it's a comfortable victory, um, but yeah, take not for granted, I suppose, Danny. Um, but with the, you know, the, the, the fixtures coming up, and we've got Chelsea in the coming weeks and stuff, so it's important to make a statement, especially with City losing, wasn't it? Um, United made a statement this uh, last weekend, and so did uh, Chelsea. United and Chelsea made statements last weekend, so um, I'm sure they'll be looking to do the same this weekend. So it's important that, although it's so early in the season, it's important to show that we're, we're back and we're um, we're competing. So a game against Burnley, or the, the with the greatest respect of Burnley Football Club, they are the games that you need to make statements in, aren't they? Yeah, it, it's interesting though because. I'd say that Liverpool don't always make statements, which is a weird thing to say, but like we've had the occasional like big wins or had four nils and stuff like that. But generally I think with the size of squad that we've got, Klopp is very smart in knowing how to utilise his play as well. And I think Klopp would consistently win every game one or two nil, then like smash a game six nil and have like a load of tight ones. I think he knows that he needs to keep his players fit, and he's very, very good, which is not something that we can could have said about Liverpool over the last maybe 10 years before Klopp came in. But we've become very good at just seeing out games, at sort of taking the chances, using the energy when we need to to get up the pitch if we feel there's a goal-scoring chance. But outside of that, we, we can do a lot. Of, we've done a lot of games over the past number of seasons where we've just closed it out, one or two nil. Uh, and we've just seen out the game, so don't don't be surprised if it is maybe only a one or two nil. Um, but as you said, I think the fans will be the difference because, like, we know what Liverpool's like in general, and it's always a good atmosphere. It's always, especially midday kickoff, everyone's up for it. A lot of people have just finished their own Saturday league football, and they'll be straight down to the match, and um, it's an exciting one. But at the same time, fans haven't been at a proper Premier League game for nearly two years now, as you said. So there's going to be that anticipation that people want to get there and want to really go for it. So don't be surprised if it's going to be like a Champions League night in terms of the atmosphere. Yeah, Champions League night against Burnley, imagine. But no, what I mean by statement, Danny, is you know us winning the game comfortably, it'll be like Van Dijk's got another 90 minutes. Hopefully, you know, Manny gets that goal. Yeah. Um, and when I make when I when I say statement, I, I don't mean a statement as in um, are we going with five 0 Liverpool back to the way they go. I mean the state what I mean by that is that Liverpool see the game out comfortably and in that itself making the statement that we are back to the Liverpool that everyone's known. Um and I say Van Dyke's got another 90 minutes, Matty's got another 90 minutes. Um we maybe bleed um Harvey Elliott another couple of minutes um, and stuff like that. So that's what I mean by that. that we're making a statement that we're here to fight for the title. 
and we're not here just to make up the numbers in, in, in the top four. Um, but yeah, what I will say on our last little comment to make, um, obviously you predicted uh, a 1-0 defeat or a 3-0 victory, and I predicted a 2-0, um, 2-0 victory. We haven't really discussed this boy, I say boy, because he's only 18 years of age, um, that much this season, but it looks like he, Harvey Ellis is going to be a big part of Klopp's fans this season. There's a lot of talk about him. Um, so I want to ask, just as the last couple of minutes of pod, um, what influence and what game time does see Harvey Ellis get in this season? Do you think, and the reason I'm asking this is because it's easy to throw him on, isn't it, when you win a 3-0 against Norwich? Um, and it's easy to give him 10 minutes and go, oh, yes, he's, he's one for the future. But do you see Klopp doing that run this season, throwing him on in the games that were too thin open? Or do you see maybe, for argument's sake, nil-nil, 15 minutes to go around field, and you've got Origi, Elliot, and say Keita on the bench? Mm. Do you throw Harvey at all, Elliot on to make a difference, or do you just bring them in the games that are, you know, we can just bleed them in? Because at the end of the day, in the Champions of last season, and he was, you know, we had the best stats of most of the players, and he played brilliant at 17 years of age. So I think the question that I'm trying to ask you, Danny, is do you see Harvey Elliott being a luxury player this season and getting them experience, or do you think he's in that squad to come on and make a difference? No, for me, I think he's a luxury player this season. I think Klopp's got the perfect combination there in terms of Harvey Elliott wants to be at Liverpool. He's a Liverpool fan. He loves the club, so you know that, given the choice, he's not really going to go anywhere. Um, And he's young, so Klopp knows it's not like... Oh, I need to get him embedded in. It wasn't like a Robertson situation where it's like, I need to get him embedded in, I need to get him up to speed, and I need to get him playing because we've maybe only got six or seven years out of this player. Harvey Elliott's young. He's potentially got, what, like 15 years or 13 years of football in him. He's, like If he can play really well, to be that young and be at the level that he's at is good. So I think Klopp will take his time with him. The last thing you want to do, we've seen loads of young players over the years ruined from being brought in too early and having all these comparisons made about them. So I can see Klopp playing them in cup games, maybe giving them a bit of experience in the Champions League and things like that, um, and then maybe bringing them on. But I think he's going to be more of a bit par player this season. And don't be surprised if next season he becomes more of like a Curtis Jones in terms of the game time that he'll be getting. Um, Klopp openly said, didn't he, that he, he wouldn't have given Curtis Jones the game time that he had last season, was it not for the injuries? Um, so I think Klopp takes his time with players, so don't be surprised if you maybe see the Javier is getting like 10 games under his belt in cup competitions and a couple of Premier League coming off the bench. Uh, but I'm, I'm not expecting much from him, um, but I am in, in years to come. Like. Right, okay, I'm going to disagree Mm. I'm gonna say that I think he's it. as you made a good point. You know, you don't they don't get he doesn't give these minutes, does he? He earn them. So I'm gonna be very interested to see a game where we're struggling and he's looking at that bench. I know if there's Oxley Chamberlain on it, maybe or Kiter or Origi or whoever, how 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 quick or what line in a pecking order Elliot is. Because last week that tells me that coming on the last 10 minutes and not, not giving the legs of the Rigi game and stuff or even getting the defender on, um, tells me that he's in part of plans and not be a big part player. But hey, listen, Danny, only time will tell. And it's something to, to think and talk about in the yeah. coming weeks because um, at the end of the day, he's a great player. So it's just an asset to Liverpool Football Club having him, really, isn't it? So I think we, everyone can agree on that. And I, I'm not saying that I disagree with your 
principle behind just leaving him in because I think potentially that could be the right thing to do. But he's just sort of telling me that he's going to play more than what we think. Yeah. Um, this season and as I say, he just looks. He looks like a lot of scouts will understand this. Maybe not the the Irish or Northern Irish fans but he just looks different gravy, doesn't he? He just, he just <laughs> looks oh, different gravy. But there you go. On that note, guys, I'm going to end it. Um, it's been a great episode. Um, this time next week. Where we'll we preview the um, Chelsea game, I think it is, and discuss the Burnley game. So, in the meantime, thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.